1: With the SoapCon Live panels this week, we have General Hospital Love and Tragedy, featuring Ken Schreiner, aka Scotty Baldwin, Bobby Spencer herself, Jackie Zeman, Dr. Tony Jones, Brad Mall and Shell Danielson, who played Dominique Stanton, the mother of Scotty's only living child, Serena. And don't touch that dial. Stay tuned after the panel to catch up with Emmy winner Ava LaRue of All My Children and The Young and the Restless. She talks about the new primetime spinoff for AMC, Pine Valley, and more. Well, if you're here, you know what that sound means. We're about to talk General Hospital. But first, let me welcome you to the inaugural SoapCon Live. First Comic Con for soaps, and I am so happy to be bringing this to you guys. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and that's not just because my name is Lucretia, but it is here and you are at the big finale of the night. So without further ado, let's talk some General Hospital, okay? First, I have the mother to Scotty's only living child, sadly, um, R.I.P. Franco. The beautiful Shell Danielson, who played Dominique Stanton. Hello. Hello, Shell. <laughs> and it wouldn't be a GH Love and Tragedy panel without the lovely Dr. Tony Jones, Brad Mall.
2: Hey, guys. Hey, Michelle.
3: Brad. Hello.
1: All right. And it wouldn't be GH if it wasn't for Scotty Baldwin himself himself, Mr. Ken Schreiner. He has to make an engine.
4: Where
1: am I? You're right here. That's good.
2: Everybody can see you. How you
1: doing, Ken? Okay. Hi, Ken. And of course, the soap opera is about the Spencers. Luke and on, Laura. Guess. But who got them together? Jackie Zeman, Bobby Spencer.
2: I don't want to leave. You're in the show, hey, everybody. everybody. I see you and hear you. Hi,
3: Jackie.
1: Hey. Hello. <laughs> oh.
2: Hello? Hello. Yes, over hello.
1: <laughs> see, this is the beauty of doing stuff virtually, guys. Uh, you. You you deal with all the fun mm-hmm. bits mm-hmm. like this, and, <laughs> and, and just you know because GH has been on forever. Let let's just speak the elephant in the room. I was growing up, and I grew up watching all of you guys. Um, so so let's start with Jackie. I mean, you are Luke Spencer's sister. I mean, Luke and Laura's wedding was the most watched event in television history for the daytime
4: genre. What is it like to be part of that legacy? Uh, Very exciting. I mean, that was, I guess, if we had a heyday, I guess you'd say that was it. Um, You know, in those days, General Hospital was so popular. We were just so blessed. And I just feel lucky, you know, to be on all these years, still on, you know, once in a Mm -hmm. while. People would tell me that, you know, they got through college watching our show and, and and they would come home from school and watch, you know, a generational thing with mom and grandma and kids. And that's how I started watching soap operas. I was a little kid. Those days, the TV was black and white. There was, there was no clicker. You had to get up and turn it on and get up and turn it off. And you couldn't tape it. You had to watch it live. And everything was a half an hour, you know. So really, I feel like I've seen the progression of, soap operas evolve over the years to this wonderful place where we are now. And and um, our audience is the most loyal, trustworthy, everlasting group of people because they stuck with us, you know, most of them started and kind of never gave up on us, are still watching today and the kids are watching. And where else do you get that? There's nothing else on TV like that. You know, the, you get news sports, those things continue. I'm soap operas, General Hospital. So yeah, it's been a good and, ride. <laughs> and,
1: and like you say, it's about the generations. What other show can you say I've watched with my family all my life, and all the different ways we can watch now that we couldn't then? And to think about, I set my grandmother up with my Hulu account because we both want to watch General Hospital, and we love <laughs> to talk about, and, and we love that Bobby is involved with the storyline now. I mean. Carly had you taking care of the old lady she kidnapped. I mean, that that's crazy that we're still doing this, but I love it. I <laughs> think <laughs> it's just
4: the computer. It could be a- no, it- but your computer's it's just not clicking.
1: Well, and, you know, it would be a soap opera without love and tragedy. And, of course, for Bobby Spencer, would you say her true love is
4: Dr. Tony Jones? Yes, I would say that. Because, you know, Brad and I had nine years, right, Brad? Nine years married on yeah. TV.
2: Happy years. That's
4: long for some Happy, years. Happy, yeah. How often did you get that? So when the time came, of course, it was a great story when they broke us up. And, you know, Carly came on. And the Damien But I wish we hadn't had to do that. I wish we could have stayed in that, you know, marriage forever. Because I think our characters were, like, as perfect as a match as you get on TV. And I would, you know, I'm a romantic at heart and I would like to bleed, but I have to say, Brad, working with you was and continues to be a total joy whenever we get to do it. And I mean that on camera with our scenes as well as off camera, you know, all the stuff that we got to do just because we were friends and stuff we did promoting the show and and all that. It's been one of the highlights of my life working with you.
2: Well, it's exactly the same for me. You you sort of took me, took care of me, and I appreciate that. Hi, Ken.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think. Can he hear you? I don't think so. Maybe not. They're trying, they're trying to figure it out. But that's, you know, live TV. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, I, I never uh, shot the soaps where it was live, but I know they did that. And
4: that must have been. Did, did you both ever have to do that? We did. We shot, when I was on One Life to Live a million years ago, that was before I was on GH, um, it was my first contract role on a soap opera. We shot and we had to give our cameras to the news. The news went on live at five o'clock in New York. Oh wow! wow. So we started shooting at four o'clock and we had to be done like at five because the camera and the crew was shooting the news. So if we had a wardrobe, if we had a wardrobe change, we would laugh. We joke, we'd have to change the top first before the bottom, because if you didn't have time to get to the bottom, they'd just shoot you tight. Oh my (laughs) God. They, you know, you just made it up as you went along and the stage managers used to stand out in the set behind the cameras and because the scenes had to end exactly on time. So if if the if they scene was going to end too soon, they'd go like this. This meant stretch, talk slower, okay. think of something to fill the time. And if they went like this, that meant speed it up, speed it up, because you're going off the air. And, and then they count. They, you got 10 seconds, 5 seconds, 4, 3. So you'd have to finish your line right on time before they went out. They oh went my out. gosh, that would be so incredibly
5: stressful. <laughs> and you really had to think on your toes, didn't you? I mean, we just- did,
4: but that was the best training in the world because it was like mm-hmm. life. You know, it's like you you go on a Broadway show or you go in the theater you can't forget your lines. You can't go, oh, sorry, buddy. Can I try that again? Yeah, another take.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I used to say, like, I love working with Ken. Um, I learned so much because he used to not always follow the script and (laughs) it was wonderful. There were some times, though, we we couldn't pull it back, but he, he really taught me so much and I was so grateful to get the chance to work with him and
6: uh you're welcome right now am i still even there we
5: are
1: hear yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> you, and we can see you huh? and this is where your good improvisation skills come in <laughs> yeah
6: well i was muted there for the yeah. last which I, I think a lot of people <laughs> would like to mute me but uh for the last 10 minutes because we had to switch computers well, it,
5: it's good that yeah. you had people helping you with with that um boy it was
6: yeah, I've
5: done one of these, so I I, I got it working, but it was nerve wracking. It's like, can I do this?
6: <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> sketchy, it, and it gets worse every year. Every week, something new pops up, and you know, I'm trying to figure out TikTok now, which is never going to happen. Oh, but
4: <laughs> even I can't figure out TikTok. <laughs> <No>, tock
2: <TikTok.
4: laughs> yeah. yeah, well, did you find like working with Ken? He was always doing shtick. Yes. To he, when I he, work with him, yes. a shtick. He always thinks of a way to uplift it, make it funny, bring it yes. energy. And yes. Ken is impossible to hold still. So when right. you work with Ken, you got to learn to do this to stay in your life.
5: Right. <laughs> well, <and laughs> I, I remember um, there was the hair. What was what was your barber? Your Caputo. Yes, I mean, the, the Caputo, hair was
6: always uh, was worked Caputo, in. I, I'm and not sure hand. Brad ever would. Did Brad ever get you to Caputo's or no? I did. We went, <laughs> We went. you and I went out to lunch. At lunch, that. we got in trouble for changing our haircut between Act 4 and 5. You talked
2: me into cutting my hair before <laughs> we had to finish the show.
6: Yeah, I know. Were
2: only on camera. They wouldn't
6: put me on anymore. So it was, oh, my no.
2: goodness.
6: I'm sorry about that. But, yeah, I did talk you into it. I swindled you into a haircut that was yeah, uh, and a razor shave. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> was trendy back then. You look good. He was old though. He was like ninety shaving me. Like
2: <laughs> <laughs>
6: well, but you know that was the whole thing. Caputo would get up on an apple box, and when you thought your hair was short enough, you just kicked the box out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and the haircut. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
1: Well, um, you know, all this talk of haircuts and the old days when people actually could get those. <laughs> what, mm. what I mean, we kind of have to talk about the elephant in the room here when it comes to General Hospital and your characters. And one of the biggest tragedies that still befalls us, I mean, the chat is just blowing up about it, is BJ's death. Mm. What was it like filming those scenes, Brad and Jackie?
2: Go ahead, Brad. Uh, it was. Uh, I mean, we didn't. As a, as my memory serves, we didn't actually. Uh, we shot the rehearsal. They blocked us, and it was toward the end of the day, at least on the goodbye parts and stuff. And uh, it was heartbreaking. It's the best way I can describe it because
4: literally, you know,
2: we cared about about her too. So you know, it was. It was like family, like losing family.
4: Yeah, that you know, you work with somebody. She Brighton Hertford, who, you know, played BJ was like she was my TV daughter before I had real life daughters. So my first coloring pictures that ever went on my refrigerator were from Brighton. And I saved them all. Aww. You know. So um I just I just remember first of all, the last scene of when I that I had with her over we' shooting it, and we you know did it, and then they're like she opened up one eye after we finished the take, and she said, "Why is everybody dripping on me today? I'm so <laughs> <smoking> wet <laughs> because the tears were just flowing. <laughs> oh and I, oh. I remember another story I have about Brighton, which was so sweet. You know, kids at that age, because she was so young when we worked together. I remember mean, starting to remember, especially when she's like two and three. And, at, you know, at three, they start to realize the reality of, of what's going on. She always called me, you know, either Bobby or mom, Mommy. And in real life, she didn't know my real name was Jackie. And one day when she was about three, she said to me on the set, So what's your other name? I said, What do you mean my other name? She said, your real name. What's your real name? And this is, after, you know, with her for three years. I said, oh, it's Jackie. And She said, oh, she just kind of processed that. We were shooting a scene in the brownstone. And in the, in the scene, I had to say to her, oh, we're going to go get some ice cream. And then we left the door, you know, walked out of the scene in the door and they yell cut. And she says to me after they've said cut, what kind of ice cream are we going to have? <laughs> the connection for a three-year-old you know it's, it's not oh this is this is your lines this is the fake and this is the real it's all real so I mean there you go and I said to props if you know you got any ice cream in the back because I, I want her to trust me next time say, Yeah, that one doesn't tell me the truth but it's just it's an interesting example of what it's like to work with a kid you know on, t- on TV mm-hmm. I mean Brad we have lots of stories don't we about things <laughs>
2: Yeah, but well, we had actually right, and we also had Ken to raise, so.
1: <laughs> well, and y'all worked, both worked with Ryan Carnes as a child and an adult. Uh, did, did Ryan really grow up to be this respectable young man that became a doctor like Lucas Jones? Or are you just like, what is wrong with that boy? <laughs>
4: Well, I, Ryan is, I, I, love, I love Ryan. He's like yeah. really good. He comes prepared. He's, you know, all that. I heard they replaced Ryan.
1: Yes, I mean, okay um, that Matt Ryan Yeah, is playing Lucas right now, yeah. Why is that? Did you know? Because I asked, <laughs> and
4: nobody would tell me.
1: What I happened? don't
4: know. Um, I'd love to know what what happened. Yeah. So he he was very, you know, he was popular and he was getting some storyline and I, you know, all of a sudden I wasn't in those storylines with him. Uh It got, it got smoochy in there for a while. I don't know what was going on. So I don't know if Ryan's on or off or if Ryan still plays the character. If this is a temporary replacement, it's been a while, but I I don't know that he's been on in the storyline.
1: Yeah, um, we, we haven't seen Lucas or um, Ryan in a while. Now, Matt had played him this last year, but we've had a lot of temporary recast and things like that. And most people do know Ryan, both playing Lucas as a child and an adult. And because so, they certainly associate when Brad came back as a ghost, as Dr. Tony Jones. And those were some good scenes. It was so nice to see you come back. W- would you be interested in being a ghost again?
2: uh yeah i loved it you know i didn't feel like everybody said oh it's just like riding a bicycle you just get back on but it felt very different for me they shoot so much faster now and we shot so many more scenes so i loved coming back as a ghost but at the same time i never quite felt like i got up to speed the way it used to be with jackie and stuff like the moment i had my scene with jackie i felt incredible but but uh, meeting Lucas for the, really for the first oh. time after you know uh, that was it was different and he's a, he's a terrific oh. actor but I but I just never quite felt like I was like ah just give me give me a couple more shows to get back up where I, I can go get a haircut with Ken or something
4: you know I thought <laughs> you did great in those scenes Brad because I watch you know me I don't watch your shows I just watch you know if I'm there what's going on in the day. And I did watch your stuff, and I thought you were wonderful. You were you were wonderful. There was nothing lacking from those scenes that you did with um, Ryan, and and the scene that we had. Oh my God, and that was the most real feeling scene I had in like a very very long time on the show. And oh. the reaction to that was really positive. People loved that scene. I think just because they had so much history with us, and to see that finally, it was a, an emotionally very rewarding scene. You know, not only for us to get to do, but for the audience.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was. Which, you know, I have a, a, a short, so shell. If, mm-hmm. if, I had to tell you that you had brain cancer. I well.
5: remember that. Yeah. yeah I was, we were, I'm real
2: emotional. And I, yeah. I love the scenes that we got to do. But the director came out after we shot the first scene and he was like, you know, Brad, I think you don't have brain cancer. It's shell." Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering why you get to cry through the whole scene. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, because he goes, you're a doctor. Don't you think you should tell her and let her have some emotion? And I, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Which
4: director cry. was that? Which director gave you that note?
2: I, I don't remember. You don't remember? But, but it was a correct note. It was it was
3: a I was just sorry. like
2: cueing the scenery here, you know, because hey. I love the scene. Shell, do you remember that at all?
5: I remember, I don't remember the director saying that, but I also do remember, um, like Tony was also their friend. So yeah. that would maybe make some sense that there would be some of that emotion, uh, when you're having to impart that. that yeah. news. Yeah, that was, that was a very sad, hard scene. <laughs>
2: yeah. I I don't mean it as a criticism for whoever told me that.
4: No. No, I know you don't, but but you know what your character was always had a great sensitivity. I think which is one of the reasons why the audience responded so positively to your character and want, you know, wanted to watch your character all the time because a lot of doctors don't have or don't, I shouldn't say they don't have, they don't show that kind of heart and sensitivity. It's more the nurses in the hospital that are the caregivers with the patients. Doctors mm-hmm. come in, they read the chart, they're the scientists, they cut, they, you know, especially neuro. I mean, my gosh, you know, bum, 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 got it open, doing it, moving on. So I think part of the reason why the audience loved your character so much is because you did bring heart and soul to the part. So uh, I think that, you know, if you got upset, particularly like you're saying, Shell, that you were friends on the, you know, the characters were close, I think it makes sense what you did. Uh I remember watching, um, the show
5: and it was after Dominique had died. So, you know, I was Uh watching the air show and I remember you two talking, um, your characters and, uh, you had said, I just had to pack up her belongings. And he said, I just had to sign her death certificate. So it was like very Uh much you as a couple, the two of you with, you know, Ken and I, it was very much this whole, um. I don't know, it felt like it was, everyone yeah. was a part of that. Yeah. You know? That's... So watching that, because I hadn't seen you film that, that was it was a beautiful
4: just scene. But see, in those days, we were still character-driven in those days. The show was character-driven, and now it's all plot. So it's not, storylines now are not constructed for the character story they come up with a plot with a story that they want to do and then they place the characters like chess pieces into mm-hmm. the story. So, you know, there's a, a difference in how that manifests on TV. In the scene, right. you know. Well I
5: remember with with Ken um, in the end scene, Ken, I think I was crying and and you were over me crying. And it was it was really hurt hard because I was supposed to be gone. But I was crying. So it was like, yeah. it, was, it was an amazing what what Ken, um, what he was able to do and project. And it was amazing.
6: Well, it's him. surprising to me is when I had to carry you back into the hospital. And I mean, you're a lightweight, but it was still very difficult to carry a girl, <laughs> pick up a girl in your arms and carry her, you know, twenty-five feet is a challenge in itself. Perhaps okay. that's why I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's not a, that's not easy to do.
4: You're bad, you go to the gym
6: all the time. Uh, isn't that
4: that's funny. what I'm
6: saying, but yes, <laughs> I'm saying that, Jackie. I do go to the gym and I can you know do a hundred chin-ups every day, but I'm saying you have to carry somebody.
3: A <laughs> hundred <laughs> really
6: and you know, not to say, yeah. but, but dead weight. Uh, and Shell, you, you know oh, you're a feather. You know you're probably not over 99 pounds, but it was still very difficult. And uh, a lot of people yeah. don't know that, especially when you see like old Red Butler carry what's her name up the stairs. That's even tougher, you know, and going to carry up the stairs.
5: <laughs> I do remember. I think in the scene, and I don't know how Dominique ended up, or or where when you were bringing her back in. I remember seeing there was a stethoscope hanging. From the blanket somehow. It's
6: like um, how did that I don't end know up what, there? Why that was there? Was I <laughs> waiting for listening for the heartbeat, the last beat? I don't my I don't know. Doctor.
5: <laughs> but I remember seeing that. All
0: right.
1: All right. It all started with Adam and Eve. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom? is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Go to adamandeve.com and enter offer code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. Plus, Six free spicy movies. All that with free shipping. So that's believe, B L E A V, at checkout at adamandeve.com. Enjoy. I don't know if you guys who are watching have any questions, but feel free to flow those in and we will try to get them because, but I am enjoying just like a fan, just like you guys listening to these stories of old. And as we're talking about Dominique and Scotty, we have to bring up the sad fact that, that your child Serena is Scotty's only living child. And it's so refreshing to see you be able to nod to that. Um, The, but just like with as we're talking about the stories of GH lately, they've been sort of gutting some core families like uh, yourself there. But there's also some lightness, like with Dr. Liesl Ulbricht. You and Kathleen Gotti are amazing and adorable.
6: Uh, you know, we're being called the new super couple, the new <laughs> Luke and Laura. We're, there are all kinds of names coming our way. But the, the reality is General Hospital... Was built on camp and fun. So if her and I look like we're having a good time, that's what General, what made General Hospital famous, was actors who were having a good time. Whether it was you know, uh, I mean, that's that's the deal with soap operas. If 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 the actors are having a good time, the fans will have a good time. So they're just so welcoming. This. This sort of fun That's going on Unbeknownst to everybody at General Hospital Is that that's how the show was built That was built on camp fun And you know over the top plots So uh, We're just following The recipe As they say You know yeah. That was a recipe
4: well, think back. Yeah, you're right. In those days, those campy, fun storylines and the disco, we were always disco dancing, having, yeah. you know, crazy music. Richard Simmons was on. We're doing aerobics. We're doing these dramatic, yes. fights and the the song. And the, yeah. you know, after working out. We'll st- I mean, yeah, we had fun stuff in those days.
6: <laughs> we, we um, Shell and I did a bit before she got to cancer. We went to Hollywood under the guise we had a perfume company And we completely ripped off the I Love Lucy episode where she um, spills the plate of spaghetti on William Holden. instead we got John Stamos to come back (laughs) and play himself. And then we ripped off the Jackie Gleason going live. Uh, So we were having the time of our lives and, you know, at the time, Wendy Rich, who produced the show, she was going for it and having fun with us. So that was pure fun. And I think the audience, you know, enjoyed it. They said, well, this is this is certainly silly and fun, but they seem to be having a good time. So we're having a good time. That's what I say.
4: That's what I said
6: too. Which made the Dominique death all the more dramatic because they, the couple themselves were having such fun. And, you know, they gave her the, and only Shell could tell that story, but th- then they decided to, you know, to to uh, give her the cancer, the whole thing, which then took it from here, way over here. And the guy that wrote the show, wrote that stuff, his sister had passed away from cancer. So he knew every beat step by step by step. Mm-hmm. So, and he wrote every beat step by step. So there wasn't a, uh, a false moment as far as the reality of Brad, you know, crying with, with prognosis, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, and that, that all went from goofy Batman. I love Lucy comedy to, you know, real d- a drama that was just, you know, as Brad said and, and and Jackie said, it, you know, all things considered, I'd rather be in Philadelphia, but all things considered, doing comedy and fun is a lot more fun way to spend your day than coming in and crying over a baby or your wife dying is the way I always looked at it.
2: Just a little bit of the flip side of this is that Jackie and I, our characters were very serious and did a lot of, of emotional things. But when we had surgery, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Leslie Charleston and, and, and Jackie and I, we used to play tic-tac-toe on the sheets behind what you couldn't see as we operated. And oftentimes you would see us really upset over a patient, but it was because we had lost at tic-tac-toe. <laughs> <in the blood. laughs> so, you know, so we had fun, but it was on it was behind the set because they also pulled a bottle of cough syrup out of my chest one time so
4: yeah there you go we
2: had some good- and you know
4: for, for the audience if you're watching the the surgeries when you do those surgery shows they have the body there and then on the chest they put the thing they put a bucket of like fake blood like there's a bucket of blood and then there's a bunch of like sponges and gauzes and you know so so when the surgeon you know puts his hand out you've got something to do but the blood the way they make it it coagulates really quickly and it clots really fast. So the lights are very strong, and if if you don't get the scene in the first take, by the second take, it, the bl- blood is getting lumpy. <laughs> it makes a mess. <laughs> oh
5: my
1: goodness! Lumpy blood is good times, and. <laughs> and- and see, we love the drama on subs, but, but I, as I'll say, I, I love the new sunny storyline they're doing because Maurice looks like he's having a good time. And I know for, for you, Shell, sadly, Dominique didn't have the best of times, but did you at least enjoy your time on the show? I loved it as I had, um, cause I've been, you
5: know, digging up pictures and posting them and that one I did at the 30th anniversary. And that was, I don't know, some year, you know, 28 years ago. I w- felt so good to be there. And I saw all those beautiful faces. And, you know, as I had said, sadly, some of these people are no longer with us. But I remember walking in and uh, like everyone just being so kind and welcoming and helpful from from upstairs to, to cast, to crew. Makeup room was always such a fun place to hang out. I loved it. And I just had great times, and I learned so much. And and people really seemed like they they wanted you to succeed. You know, they wanted you to do well. That that's an amazing work environment, especially if you know you're just a young actress who hasn't done a lot. That was wonderful to have that.
1: Kelly McPolin <laughs> says, "Is she?" Show- i still acting. She's a beauty. <laughs> <Aww>.
5: <laughs> well, I've been no. behind the scenes actually raising a daughter who just graduated college, which is amazing and uh, being artistic always. But um, I haven't been doing that.
4: Well, um, you look yeah. beautiful. Well, you've always been beautiful, but you look—you've kept your look. You look fabulous.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> you a lot you all
4: are
1: Thank you.
2: Where'd so- <laughs> <let> you go?
1: <laughs> I know. I'm like, like, what's he doing? There he is. Oh,
6: uh, I was just um, uh, doing nothing.
1: Nothing. <laughs>
5: nothing, huh? Jackie, <laughs> nothing. I was it you who used to run around the studio for exercise.
3: Did you draw? Yeah.
5: I I remember um, that. I was always so impressed with you. And I remember <laughs> then making the leather baby shoes for when you're you're, you were having one of your babies, your yes. beautiful, beautiful daughters. Yes. I was always
4: in my room doing stuff. <laughs> like, oh, shoot. Oh my God. I still remember. Oh my God. So beautiful. <laughs> and yes, every morning I, cause I would get up every morning at between three thirty and four o'clock. I'd get in my car. Cause we lived in Malibu, which was yeah. really far from the studio. But if, at that hour, the traffic wasn't bad. So I would just get in my car. I'd have my car packed with clothes. I would just get up and go in my sweats and, run around the lot, the light, the security lights were on because it was dark. You know, when right. I run around the lot, that's when I would learn my lines. I would do three miles every morning around the lot, which was six laps around the whole lot. I remember that. I just was yeah, so impressed minutes. by that. <laughs> well, do, I was doing 10 minutes miles in those days. So, so um yeah, and I know my lines. I would go back, jump in the shower, hit the makeup chair, and boom, you know, ready to shoot. So yeah, thank yeah. you for remembering that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it seems like a million years I ago. I
6: remember that, Jackie, that uh-huh. you uh, circling that studio. We were all over and. On- Port Charles, and uh, there you were in the morning, running around, holding, uh, clutching that script, trying to learn the, learn your lines, which was a, mm-hmm. astounding because I just can't do it that way. I can't, I, I can't do it. It's you know, uh, I, I salute you for being able to run and learn your lines at the same time. It was very difficult. Who's that coming in on me? Mm-hmm. Um, That's
4: Trish. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, you know, yeah, uh, the uh, day, I could see. I didn't need glasses to read the script. Now, I don't know, I'd probably trip over myself if I tried to do that because I couldn't see it. I'd have to, you know, but. 20. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I remember with you,
5: I used to learn your lines too. And I remember we'd be going up the stairs and you'd be learning them and you go, What's my line? And and sometimes I wouldn't know. And we go, Shout, you have to know my line. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: you know, that's kind of a girl thing though, because. Yes, well, my Jackie husband was, will tell uh, you that. My, I could just look at her and she'd go, Your line is this, Brad. You know? and sometimes she would, in the middle of a scene, and I, this is a good thing, but she would like take me by the shoulders and just lean me to the right place. <laughs> the light was on me. And, uh, become very dependent on people for that. And I appreciate it, Jackie, very much. Oh, that's good
4: thing. <laughs> Well, I would learn my lines by, you know, I would learn them in the morning, but it's like a lot of it was photo memory. It would be like, what's that, mm-hmm. you know, annoying S word on the top of the third page that I can never remember. But then once we get our blocking, cause on general hospital, we, years ago when I first came on, um, we did our own blocking. It was like theater. We'd come in oh, in the wow. morning and the directors would say, okay, put it up and you'd do like a, a stage rehearsal and you would sit down and you'd actually block. And then the directors would match the shots to what you felt organically you wanted the blocking to be. Now it's all switched. You go up on the set and the directors have all the shots worked out. And you're told, you know, pick up the cup on this line, take a sip, put the jacket down over there, get up rise, walk, sit down on that line, pull her to the sofa on that line. You know, so it's all done ahead of time. So it's it's very different. So I would learn lines now according to what blocking is. You know, they give you the blocking. And then I in my head, I, would, I seal it in and I go, OK, this section is like standing up by the chair, this section is sitting on the sofa, this section is going out the door. It's just like for photo memory, it's just quicker to learn them like that.
5: I remember I used to, um, cause I would do like the, the photo memory too. And then sometimes I'd write them all out. I would just write them over and over until till I had them. So. Was a lot of writing, but when my daughter, when I was teaching her to study, and uh, that was one thing I would have her do, sometimes just write things out. So some, the act of writing it sometimes will really impress
4: it. In yeah, own. that helps mm-hmm. me too. I mean, my yeah. kids learn to read, feeding me the lines. I used to pay them when they were little $2 a script.
0: <laughs> so they would run lines with <laughs> me the
4: night before. And <laughs> you know, Kosti and Lacey, that's how they learned to read. And they were always been, they were really fast readers. because. That's mm-hmm. how they, they had to do it for their two dollars they had to do it three times the first time we would both look you know we can read it the second time i would put my hand over it and try not to peek but i'd have to peek third time i would not be allowed to peek Ooh, right wow That's and so, I, I know yeah. the kids are
5: task really
2: <laughs> 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 and, <have> problem.
1: <laughs> and, and those scripts like i'm trying to think of been like uh, I know, it was Blink FM on the comments wanted to know what it was like with working with Sarah Brown. But were those types of scripts what <laughs> your kids were reading? That's funny.
4: Yeah. Well, Brad, Brad had all those hot steamy yeah. scenes. I never had steamy
1: scenes where, It was all Brad. <laughs> what <laughs> were the color
5: of the pages you would get when all of a sudden you'd get changes? Mm-hmm. You, you'd get
4: the new pages. You'd be like, Wait a minute! They still do that. Revised. And <laughs> you get all pages. Yeah.
2: Brad, you had
4: must have had fun with Sarah. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean,
2: she was a fiery actress and a really good one, so you had to keep up with her. But what I was just thinking about was we, in you know, the times when our golden years, I guess, uh, we would have to learn 10 pages, 15 pages for one scene that was like and take, you know, do do your take, and uh, we would shoot 10 pages in one take, oftentimes, which.
4: Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. They don't do that anymore. Scripts now are like two pages, one page, three page, three pages, a long scene.
2: Yeah.
4: It's so much easier to memorize because you just look at it before you do it. It's much shorter because it's all a plot. But it up. Boom. Next. Moving on. So there's remember, a lot of scenes in the show.
5: Do you remember we used to do all the blocking in the morning, then we'd get hair and makeup and then shoot in the afternoon. And sometimes it'd be two in the morning and you're still like doing those big shows. Like I think yeah. the Dominique uh, Scotty wedding, I think we were there till like two in the morning. It was like there at four or five in the morning until like the almost- The
2: ball would go till dawn sometimes. Oh my early.
5: gosh. A lot wow. of times.
2: Yeah. They
4: don't, now we don't because Disney doesn't want to pay overtime. so You get <laughs> out on time, there's no OT. There's no second dinner break anymore. You know, oh. first dinner break for the audience would be like around 7.30, eight second dinner break would be like 11, 11.30 at night. And um, there's no second dinner break anymore, ever.
5: And I'm curious what it's been like um, for you to be shooting during the COVID, all this. I mean, because I know things are different. There's got to be protocols and stuff.
4: Yeah, you got you go in, you get tested. We get, Everybody gets tested on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and you wear masks. It, you're not allowed in the building if you're not working that day. Only the people that are working are allowed in the building. You're only allowed in where you're supposed to be in the building. You're not allowed to go like up to the fifth floor or a different floor, you know, if you're, and you have to wear a mask everywhere. You wear a mask through the whole, every minute that you're there, the makeup and hair people wear masks and face shields and there's, there's plastic partitions. And the only time you remove your mask, actors, the stage manager tells you after you've run the scene, okay, remove your mask, we're doing a take, five, four, three, two, one. The second it's over, mask back on, that's how it is. I'm so glad though that <laughs> the soaps have been able to continue. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that will will continue, you know. I think
1: it will. Yeah. And I think that's one of the bright sides of COVID is that, you know, when everybody came home, there's been this resurgence in daytime. And, you know, because sadly there's only four soaps left, but a lot of this difference in the way that we're living and people being home more during the day has sort of led to a Pine Valley reboot of all my children in the nighttime. And I remember when Port Charles premiered, it had a nighttime premiere, which of course, Ken, you were on and, Shell, you returned as a ghost, as Brad yes. did as Tony. Yes. What was it like working on Port Charles? Ken?
6: Um, well, as I always say, Port, Port Charles was like having a paper route. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: because
6: they would um, shoot Lynn and I and John Lindstrom first, so we started taping at 8.30. This was a half-hour show. By 9.30, we were finished and sent home. So it's like, well, that's paper out. We just did a paper route. We came in at 7.30, and now we're out of here at 9.00. It was a two-hour job. It was like we delivered our papers and went home. So it was um, it was very easy in that capacity because um, half-hour show is a half-hour show. There's not a lot of, you know, you can't – you get four scenes, and – yeah, maybe the scenes were a few pages longer back in those days But, you know, it, it was quick It was quick and simple And um, and I think, you know, our goal at the time Was to really do a great show So, uh, Lynn and, and I and John Lindsay remember He was always like, I think we can make this better I think we can, you know, make this better And... <clears throat> And then sometimes I would say, I don't think you guys give this enough thought. And then they would say, uh, Ken, I think you give it too much thought. So you know, there's your the rub there because you've got a new show, it's a half hour, and it's a golden opportunity, and you want to make it the best possible. So that's why we always were trying to, you know, make it great, and we tried. And I, the show lasted seven years or so, eight years. I don't know. I, I flipped out of there after three or four years to go back to General Hospital. I jumped ship, like a rat. But that uh, <laughs> it was a sinking ship. But it was it was you know they had moved on to different stuff. They were doing the the vampires and which was way ahead of its time because you know oh, later yeah. on it was called True Blood, which was a big hit. Yeah. So they were ahead of their time with the the stories, but. Then it, you know, it, it gone into like, you know, we're going to tell a six week story and then we're going to like tell novellas. So, you know, I wasn't there for that. I was, I, I, I got out of there after, uh, you know, uh, the first three or four years and it was fun, easy, easy.
1: Yeah, to me, Port Charles is a real cult hit. I know I enjoyed it, but I was right in that age range and it came out about the time of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But like you say, it was just a little too ahead of its time with all that vampire stuff. But it's similar to the love that uh, so you were on, Shell. Santa Barbara has that <laughs> that like, you know, moment in time love. What was it like working on there? That, that was a really
5: interesting story um, of how I got that. I was living in New York. And uh, I had done a screen test for another, what was days of our life. And uh, I was, uh, I, got, I got a call to go to LA to test for that. And then at the last moment they, they threw me in to also test the next day for Santa Barbara. So I tested on Monday for days of our life, Santa Barbara, Tuesday, Wednesday. I, and I'm from California, so my cousin had came and picked me up and we drove out to my dad's. Wednesday, I got a phone call. I got Santa Barbara. I had to be in wardrobe Thursday and was shooting Friday. My whole life was back in New York. So I was uh, living in the Oakwood on on Barham, like everyone does. I know, I've been
1: there. Yeah, I, I didn't
5: drive anymore because <laughs> um, I'd been living in New York. So I would sometimes walk to the studio. <laughs> And uh, it was wonderful. I met some wonderful people. Uh, Louis Sorrell, Nicholas Coster, who played Lakin's you know, parents, and Raleigh Valverde, and you know, A Martinez, who who was so wonderful. And it was so fun yeah. to watch him in Longmire. And I'm like, and that's not the A I remember. I mean, A is such cool. an amazing human being. So I, I think I've just been really blessed in every experience I was able to do.
1: Yeah, it's funny. A lot of the chat has said, like Donald Peebles here, Shell kind of resembles Lynn Herring. Couldn't we bring uh, I I you on a as Lucy's sister? <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, that would be fun. Yeah. yeah, we used to get that a lot. I love Lynn. I was asking um, Ken what she was up to and how she was. So it's it's cool. Ken and I will talk now and then and keep in touch through the years and... And you saw I, I posted the picture, he came to our wedding. It was a media, medieval wedding. My husband wore a suit of armor, which we have in our basement. And uh, we oh photographed my, my
3: daughter.
5: <laughs> we photographed my daughter in it and she looks like Joan of Arc. It's amazing. Because she's six foot.
3: <laughs> so.
5: But uh Ken came and brought uh Carly and she dressed up and, and it was
6: Yeah, great. little Carly, she um I don't I wonder if she even remembers that.
5: Um, I don't know I would think She wasn't I mean she was young But she was not really she,
6: she, Carly Schroeder was A kid and her mother for some reason Thought I was a good influence On her and would entrust her To me and say I'm going to drop Carly off And I said well what am I going to do with her She goes I don't know figure it out So um, <laughs> we would do stuff And people would say um, Is that your daughter over there Uh climbing on those jet skis where she could break her neck i said oh my god it is is that uh so she was a little rambunctious and you know i i for the life of me had to always come up with like and then she got bit by a dog once uh, my friend axel's dog bit her and i had to call her mother and say not to worry uh but carly was so you know it was always uh and i did take her to your wedding and i remember i was driving down to Laguna Beach and I I I wonder if she remembers that.
5: Well, I, don't I have a couple I mean, She was about 10,
6: 9, 10, but you know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. But I do remember yeah. her, the, the the whole uh the, the studio armor in the works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jacarius this. Naylor wants to know uh from you, Brad. Do you keep in touch with Jack Wagner who played your brother, Frisco Jones?
2: Um, no, I mean, <laughs> but, but when we were on the show together, he was just like having a brother. He was easy to work off of. A lot of times, uh, like Ken and Shell talked about, you know, we just ad-lib sometimes, which, you know, it was just easy to record. Jack's a very cool dude. So, you know. Yeah, but. Jack, uh, after, uh, but Jack
6: would uh,
4: never run lines. He wasn't run lines. <laughs> would he run with you? Man, he would never run with me. I'd go in the makeup. Hey, you want to run lines? He'd go, Nope. I'm good.
6: <laughs> um, Brad probably remembers this, but Jack would come up on set, and if he wasn't in the scene, he would find a way to get as close to the camera lens as if he was really in the scene, but he wasn't <laughs> in the scene. So he could just sit there and distract you and stare at you and cause you like, uh, you know, that for you yeah. to go up in your lines and go, what? Jack, why are you standing? You're, you're probably four inches from me, but nobody can see you but me. Did he ever do that to you, Brad? Yes, he used to like, you
2: know, the camera switches between
6: his shot and my shot. And no, but he wasn't in the scene. He was wasn't even about him. He yeah. just took it upon himself to just do it. He would be walking by, and he'd find a way to get as close in the scene. He had nothing to do with the scene. He wasn't in the scene. Well, he, would just he come was up. in the scene with me when the oh. camera, the red light
2: came on, the tally light on the camera. When it right. started, I was on camera, while he was off camera, he would let a little bit of spit roll out of his mouth <laughs> and then suck it back up until it, when it was time for him to talk. And I used to just be like this, all, you know. I was, <laughs> and I remember one time in one of my comas that I was in, uh, he sat behind where I was laying there, and I couldn't move. I was in a coma, and he had a whole monologue about how much he missed me and loved me and all that. But he stuck his finger in my ear that was off camera, <laughs> and slowly twisting during the scene, and I was sitting there like this, you know. And at the end of the scene, everybody was like, that was incredible. It was like you were vibrating, Jack. That was, you know, and I was like. "Okay." Hey. So we didn't tell them about the finger in the ear part.
6: <laughs> yeah, but that was like Chris Robinson back in the day when I had all those scenes talking about Laura. Chris was an old season actor, and he always wanted to, He he would just play footsies under the table while I'm saying, listen, Rick, I just need to talk to you about Laura. And he was playing footsies with me and I'd say, you know, we'd end to finish the scene and I'd say, Chris, Jesus, okay, I get it. You're trying to distract me, trying to get me to go up, but you know, I'm not going up, but you don't have to play footsies. Yeah. Do you yeah. He Gerald,
4: Gordon, Gerald Gordon would would read
6: almost every line off the prompter. Every line. He had both Everyone. prompters.
4: He never he actually, memorized the script. In those days, we had prompters. We haven't had prompters for a million years, but in those days, he would literally read every line
6: off the But he, he stood, Jack, he oh. stood this way, and you'd be there so he could read both prompters from both sides. From both sides. Ah, and, and, and he could then, turn and, and, So he'd and, but, the first you know half what?
4: of the line yeah, on one prompter, and then he'd be moving it in, and he'd get the second half of the line on the second. It's hysterical. I mean, he yeah. had it a the sign. <laughs>
6: But you know what, uh, Gerald Gordon, I worshipped him. And at lunchtime, he would throw a script in the air and say, come on, kid, we're going to the Brown Derby for lunch, which is, you know, the famous Brown oh. Derby in Hollywood. Oh. And I'd sit with him at lunch and I thought, wow, it doesn't get any better than this. You know, I'm I'm 23 years old and I'm hanging out with the king of daytime, Gerald Gordon. He was the big cheese in daytime from the doctors and general hospital. And I said, "This is this is this is it, man. This is this is what you Brown Derby, Gerald Gordon, and you know, it was fun. <laughs> I had a great time. With him.
4: Yeah, really fun, really fun.
6: One time,
2: <laughs> well, you know, I teach uh, acting in university now. Are you qualified,
1: <laughs> you know, and, and Bird?" <laughs>
2: I found out I couldn't act. That was what's weird, you
4: know.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. But the interesting thing to me that I remember is that we really, like Ken was talking about Port Charles and how much you could do with it. I remember how much everybody cared about it. I mean, they honestly, genuinely, it. there was none of that, oh, you're just on a soap opera, you're just doing a soap opera. You know, as far as I was concerned, and Jackie, and I think everybody here, it's like we were doing the most serious kind of wonderful, intense uh, theater or film or anything that we'd ever done. And I think we believed it every day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until well, I got well, off the soap that I was even aware people didn't think much of me or <laughs> of your, your, your acting or something, you know?
4: I but think you're a people fine actor show, you know? <laughs> yeah
2: we believe we believed it and we worked just as hard as any uh people and, Can I tell and myself- don't
5: you find that you have people coming up to you still sometimes i have um a, a dear friend now but she was uh, her name's joanne and she's in canada and she's watching there's a there's a few people that have been so exciting that, that have been my friends for years tony pisani but joanne we met in a very interesting way and i hope she doesn't mind me sharing the story um she had a dear friend named Shelley. Who um, was very ill, and she used to get in bed with her, and they would watch General Hospital, and they were together following the whole story of Dominique and Scotty and the love story, and her um, her friend passed away, and they had watched you know Dominique die. And I had this um, little store where I make uh, my daughter, I would make fairy wands and things. And she found my store and she ordered a wand in honor of uh, her friend, Shelly. And I always say that story brought us together. And I've had a lot of people come up and tell me that story meant so much to us and and because we've lost people or we've gone through that and uh, they, they really connected with it. So I think sometimes you don't realize the ripple effect you have, just in giving uh, a voice to to people's pain or or their experiences. Yeah,
2: you know, the organ donation of BJ's heart.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: People still come up to me all the time and go, "That's the reason I'm an organ donor." And I'm like, "Oh, wow. you know, wow. crazy. It wow. wasn't yeah. that popular back then."
4: That's so, wonderful.
5: Yeah, yeah those days you story had to ripples. get a
4: special thing for your license. But it was early yeah. on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people didn't know. It wasn't like they had the dot. You had to get a special card. They sent you like a paper thing and you kept it attached to your license so they would know, you know, that you mm-hmm. were, were a donor.
2: But, uh, it's pretty crazy to me because people still come up to you and ask you about that. And mm-hmm. they're like, gosh, you must be old. But they know <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, the BJ's heart storyline is still going today. I mean, Maxie Jones is still a character on the show, and that moment is always brought up, just like with Scotty and Dominique, and and people have these stories. I mean, and that's essentially what the soaps are about, and what you know, we we all were looking for in this past year, where everybody was at home, was was that connection again, and reliving all of these memories that you know people still talk about today. And it's it's so great that you all were able to join us. And thank you so much for, for giving us your time here at Sun Live. As we, we bid adieu to fans, is there anything you guys have left to say?
4: Can I just ask Shell? Shell, do you still make the fairy ones? I make all sorts of stuff. Yes,
5: I do. You do do you, you have a store on Etsy or where are you? I do, it's called Shell Danielson Design. There's not much in it right now. But we have been, um, I'm my guy. husband actually, during the pandemic, this is hysterical. He's been building birdhouses, I've been painting them and now we've got these commissions. But yeah, I've made a lot of uh, crowns uh, and, and
4: fairy things, oh, yes. I'm going on your website. For my granddaughter, Kennedy, I've been okay. wanting to get her a wand. And, oh, you know, okay. I just got her a fairy door, you know, fairy for the garden, fairy here. Uh-huh. You know, they gave it to her yesterday, she loves it. So she's ready for a wand. Okay, thank you for that. Well, thank
2: there you. You All right, how about you guys?
6: Ken, Jackie,
2: call, yeah. call me.
1: Yeah,
6: <laughs> Brad, uh, you know, uh, the eyes of Texas are upon you, right? You're still in Texas, right? Yes, I am. I love it.
4: We'll get you back on the Bay. You you did some stuff, Well, on the other one, the Bay, the other show. Yeah, Going back yeah. to LA. No, it was where,
2: great. I did like three different television series while I was out there. the so
4: so. cast. If you're here, boom, 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 because they, they don't want to pay for plane tickets anymore and all that. They just want you yeah. to be here. But yeah,
6: yeah. Maybe we get Brad, you, you wouldn't movie. even recognize LA. I was I was I drove down your street the other day over there in Sherman Oaks, and it's all everything has changed so drastically here in Los Angeles. It's unrecognizable.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. My house
6: doesn't even exist anymore.
4: Oh, God, no, really? Yeah, oh, God, that house. beautiful house.
2: <gasps>
6: that's what I heard to No, I'm not sure it is, because I, I went down your street. Um, you know, the, I went back as a ghost. I haunted that house for a little bit. Yeah, you haunted <laughs> the house. Oh, God, a that house, ghost. Yeah,
2: I mean, Dr. Fonny a Dab d- d- We <laughs> got ghosts.
4: We all went trick-or-treating in Brad's neighborhood every year oh, yeah. all the kids. That was our trick-or-treating turf. It was awesome. <laughs>
6: Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, well I, I guess now uh is our soap con the kickoff. This is the premiere of the SOAPCon. Yes,
5: yeah. Here's an Eisenberg,
6: this- my friend Wonder Woman has got this going and you got this going. And mm-hmm. hopefully um, thank
5: you so much.
6: You, you already did your one life yeah, you your, your other panels and stuff, and I'm sure we were the best. Yeah, you guys are the last
1: one, of course. Oh. Yeah. I mean it's yeah, General Hospital. True. You guys are still on the air. So, again, yeah. thank you so much for joining us, guys, and have a great night. Thank you. Okay.
6: Yeah. We'll catch you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for the inaugural SoapCon Live event. I'm so happy to have brought this to you with Susan Eisenberg and Alan Locker. We like to thank the Retro TV, It's Real Good TV, soap opera digest believe networks and of course the locker room as well as you guys so if you want to meet and greet any of the people you've seen tonight uh like the gh panel with ken schreiner brad Mall, jackie zeman and shell danielson just go to Soapconlive.com, you can find all the info there. You can also get autographs, video greetings, as well as all sorts of news and gossip as well for the soaps. Just hang out at Soapconlive.com guys, because this is our first event, not our last. Enjoy. I am here with Emmy winner Ava LaRue of All My Children, The Young and the Restless. I mean, you are truly a daytime legend who is amongst daytime legends. How great is it to see some of that coming
3: back? Oh, my gosh. It's so exciting to see it all coming back. Um, thank you for that introduction, by the way. Wow. Um, they, and, um, and the exciting thing now is that, you know, they have had, have announced that Pine Valley is going to be a new show for nighttime. So that's breaking barriers and crossing barriers for daytime into nighttime. And I think that that's really exciting because the show comes with its own. Um, I mean, unlike other nighttime shows, which are being launched and they have to find their space and find their fans. We launch with a, like decades long fan base. So I think that's gonna be really exciting.
1: Yeah, and that's what's so cool, and especially about Pine Valley for you, is that it's the Santos, your family, and the Kane family, of course, with oh, Susan no. Lucci, so <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're taking the two most iconic, you know, families, certainly of the 90s for me when I was growing up watching it, so it's so cool to see them bring that
3: into nighttime, and who better than Kelly and Mark? <laughs> right, exactly, and I and I know that they're super excited about being part of it, and then also, um, Rich Nixon, Agnes Nixon's son. So it's this beautiful generational thing.
1: Yeah, not this Nixon.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's exciting. It's really exciting.
1: Yeah, they're really keeping it all in the family with her son and with bringing you guys in. And it will it's supposed to be about the generations of family, just sort of like how, how the soaps are in general. So it's so cool to see this in nighttime. And it's not like it's unheard of, but it really is unheard of to see Day, a daytime show become a nighttime more serialized show as well it, isn't this the first one because we haven't i've it seen is, like it's the first time yeah it's the first yeah. time that uh, that
3: uh that a soap opera um a legitimate soap opera that was on the air for more than 40 years um you know is being resurrected as a nighttime show it's mm-hmm. it's the first time ever so it's really exciting to be part of that
1: yeah that was what i was thinking as i was wrecking my brain to think of if there was anything, because even with stuff like Dark Shadows and Port Charles, I remember seeing the first episode of Port Charles in primetime, but the show was on daytime. It wasn't that was like a special thing or they would have specials in the 90s bringing soaps in the nighttime, but never really resurrecting one as this
3: nighttime drama. Yeah, as a series, as an actual <laughs> series.
6: The future of television is here, and it's Real Good TV. Download the It's Real Good TV app now on Roku, Apple, and Android devices, or stream online at itsrealgoodtv.com, and get instant access to hundreds of shows from five different networks. That's right, all of your favorite shows in one place. Free to download, free to watch. Watch on demand or stream one of our live TV networks in real time. Start watching today, because it's Real Good TV.
1: Speaking of earlier, when you won the Emmy, that was the first year that the Emmys had gone back to primetime. This was one of those benefits to COVID, as much as we could say, is that, you know what? They were like, people that they they're home they're watching and they they've started watching the soaps again because at that time it was on cbs and they had been airing reruns of their soaps the young and the restless which you won for and they also were doing it for bold and the beautiful as well so what was it like to finally be back in prime time for the
3: daytime emmy's oh my gosh it was exciting because that was how when i started on daytime there were 11 soaps And at that point, they'd come down from 15 soaps. So a few had already been canceled, but there was 11 soap operas on the air. Soap operas were still thriving. And um, now we're down to like four soaps. So uh, back in the heyday when it was on NBC and ABC, and it was such a huge, exciting thing, it was really fun to see one of that, like you said, the silver lining of COVID, being that we were back on primetime, because people were really thirsting for any kind of you know, any kind of awards shows or normalcy or seeing people be dressed up on, you know, on TV again. I mean, nobody was having any, you know, access to anything. So it was really fun. Even though we were all stuck at home, it still, it still was exciting. I mean, believe me, did it, (laughs) was it, less than optimal to finally win an emmy and have it be at home uh yeah but you yeah know, no parties like no champagne yeah. my <laughs> yeah. family over so yeah. that was fun and actually i have to say that was the fun part, part because normally i wouldn't be able to have my whole family with me winning an emmy you know i'd only have like one uh you only end up with like one extra ticket so there would have only been one person with me so that was really really exciting oh,
1: For the first time in a long time, we were all really in the same storm, not all in the same boat, you know, but, but everybody could sit down and watch the Emmys. And I think that's one thing we've seen with COVID and why there is this resurgence in daytime and why we're doing an event like this, you know, a virtual Comic Con for the soaps is because I do see that now that people have been forced to be at home, I mean, the, the silver lining again is daytime is back. People, yeah. it was comforting to see like what John and Marlena are up to or
3: what Victor Newman's doing. Because you can check in a decade later and the people that you loved are usually still there. Yeah, yeah. There's, you can jump right in and in two days you can pretty much glean what happened over the last 10 years, like if you've missed it. So it's there's a real comfort to, to daytime.
1: Yeah, and hopefully this event brings comfort to fans at home as well, and just bringing them something that that I've always wished there was. I'm a big nerd, so, so I was used to going to Comic Cons, but we were all like, you know, why isn't there one for daytime? And this is kind of what SOAP fans should get after a crazy year like we've had, and we're bringing it to you in your home, just like the Emmys will be again this year on CBS. <laughs>
0: Hi Soap Con Life, this is Paul Calais Grover in Liverpool in the UK. I'm not going to be talking about soap operas that we have here, I'm sure you've heard of them. EastEnders set in London, Coronation Street set in Manchester, or even Brookside that was set in Liverpool here for decades. I'm going to be talking about the soap operas that mean something to me. Soap operas in America, the home of soap operas. For me, this is where I can live an alternative life, a life in the sun, a life of drama. So for me, American soap operas are the way and the pinnacle for these soap operas for me are the likes of Dynasty, The Dallas, even Sunset Beach. We send over British actresses to be absolute stars in your soap operas. Who can't forget Emma Sims, General Hospital and Dynasty. Stephanie Beecham, The Colbys and Dynasty. Joan Collins, Dynasty. And don't forget Leslie Ann Down for Sunset Beach. So for me, American soap operas all the way. Thank you.
1: When most things were closed in LA, you had the privilege of working on The Young and the Restless. Uh, I was curious because the way that your character, Celeste Rosales, zoomed her son, did you do that in studio or did you do that in, at your house? Well, I actually
3: did that yep. one in studio, but I have a friend, mm-hmm. Patrika Darbo, yes, on the show too, and <laughs> um, and she's been Zooming from home because she's a more regular character, so she's been mm-hmm. at home and Zooming. Um, I actually got to go into studio, I think I was one of the first characters that they brought on that wasn't a regular, um, so they weren't sure how to have people Zoom from home yet, and I think they thought, you know, okay, we'll be able to make it a little more, we'll be able to regulate um, you know, the outcome better if I, come, if I came into studio. So I, I did come into studio, but I know that Patrika um, does hers from home.
2: Watch the Doctors is moving and you're going to love the new location. Download It's Real Good TV to join your friends from Hope Memorial, available online and all your devices. Already a Doctors subscriber? Then there's an email headed your way with a coupon code for free access plus special bonuses for starting your new account on It's Real Good TV. Haven't gotten your email? Don't worry, you will soon. For details, visit itsrealgoodtv.com.
3: Okay, wait, do you remember the good old days? There's no other facet of the entertainment medium that ever did this. Uh, But on soap operas, there was that that awesome moment when a character had been recast, and they walk into the scene, and then everything is a hold no one moves no one speaks and this voice of god comes on and yeah. says the role of steve will now be played by Richard burton or whatever it is you're like, <laughs> and then the scene continues like nothing yes. ever happened and you're like what where did my what just go? what just yeah. <laughs> happened yeah and then you just go on like business as usual like nothing just happened
1: I do hope Pine Valley nods to some of those things because obviously they won't have as tight of schedule as daytime being as, yeah, as, 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 as it's prime time. But but maybe it'll be cute if they do a few of those. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think they're thinking of going down a little darker path. They're going to you know make it a little twistier, mm. a little darker, which will be fun.
1: But that's cool. So, so are you able to talk about if you guys have started filming Pine uh, Valley we yet? We have
3: not started yeah. filming yet. So we're—I um, know they're rewriting and rewriting. They want to launch it in a really great way, so they want to make sure that it's perfect. So we haven't started shooting yet. I think we—they've got it slated for this summer.
1: Oh, well, yeah. that is good to know. For SoapCon Live, your meet and greets will be May 15th at 11 a.m. Pacific time, guys. You can do that as well as get autographs and video greetings with Ava. So call up
3: and say hi. Mm-hmm. I am like, you know, I don't bite, I'm not scary. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Ava. Thank you.
3: Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe in Soap Operas. If you're not subscribed to the show, be sure to hit that button so you get new episodes each week in the feed of your favorite podcasting app. Like us, rate us. Have something to say, leave us a review. Stay safe and sane, soap fans. And stay tuned for the rest of the SoapCon live panels on Believe in Soap Operas.